0: Hey everybody, coming back at you here, episode 228. Just a warning, after the music, the voice is a little hot for this podcast. Apologies, it does distort and clip just a little bit. It's not too bad, not up to my usual standards. We're gonna do a show recap on a show that I went to this last weekend, and then talk a little bit about uh, you know lessons that I have learned over my time in bodybuilding. Let's hit it. And now, coming at you from the Five Star Physique Studio in Knoxville, Tennessee, This is The Drop Set, with your host, Darren Starr. Hey, that's me. How we doing, everybody? Wow, am I too loud? Am I too hot here? I don't know. Tell you what, I'm going to move away from the mic a little bit. Maybe something like that should be good. All right, we're going to play around with that and see how we're doing here. Uh, Welcome. It's been a while, right? So um, I always uh, (laughs) always, uh, have this strange phenomenon that happens, like whenever I come back from a break, there's always a good reason for it, right? Uh, Welcome, by the way, episode 228. 227 was on June 30th. So basically, we took July off. Why did we take July off? Two reasons. First of all, it's summer. It's just difficult for me to podcast during the summer. Now, the school year has started back up, and it's less difficult. So I'm back. The other thing is there was a technical issue with um, my website and the podcast feed um, potentially going to put me in the poorhouse, which I had to figure that out. (laughs) Out. <laughs> so um my hosting company um because the without boring everybody to the details of how this works if anybody out there has listened to a podcast then you understand the technical um what's the word for it bullshit hoops that you have to jump through in order to actually get your podcast stream live distributed to serve it's it's a lot right it's a thing that has to happen and um it's a little bit of a pain in the ass to say the least so my podcast uh, is hosted by a company called Blueberry, and they, they are a podcast hosting company. It's what they do. My website is hosted by a company called Bluehost. Unrelated, they both have the word blue in them uh, randomly. So, um, Bluehost has contacted me and said, hey... Your website is using way too much storage and way too much bandwidth for the plan that you have. I'm like, how dare you? First of all, how dare you? Um, but it turns out like the podcast was eating up all of this bandwidth when it should not have been using any from the website because it's it's hosted up by the um, by Blueberry, the the hosting company. So, apparently there there was something where the RSS feed was actually being hosted by the website. I don't know. So I set up a mirror for that. I had to go through all this crap. I don't know what I'm doing, right? Like I'm calling tech support, I'm emailing people, I'm talking to him like, can you please just fix this for me, please? And invariably, there's always more crap for me to do. Anyway, I think it's fixed now. And I think it's fixed without me having to pay thousands of dollars. So that's a nice little bonus as well. Um, So we're, back baby we're back episode 228 um this is going to be what i uh what i just thought before i hit the record button i'm going to refer to as a sailboat episode meaning i'm going to unfurl the sail and we are at the whims of the wind as far as where we go so unfurling the sail is hitting the record button you want to talk about like not having a plan this is me not having a plan holy crap so i'm a little scared Not really. We're going to figure this out. And also, I have the magic of editing behind me. So if anything goes really off the rails, I can always undo it. I'm going to not. However, I'm going to try not to do that. If I do make any edits, I will let you know. I will cop to it, right? I will tell you if there's an edit point. Right now, I'm looking at an uninterrupted audio stream that I'm recording on my computer. If there's an interruption to that, I'm going to let you know. So um, I have, I mean, there's something that I know I want to talk about was a show that I went to this last weekend. Um, We'll get to that. A little current events, I guess, catch up on here. Um, You can't see me um, right now because this is an audio-only episode. I'm not recording video for this. I may, in the future, um, bring back some video episodes. I actually have an interview that I'm doing in a couple of days' time, which will probably come out a few days after that, so you're going to get some concentrated episodes here. I'm trying to schedule more interviews. Guys, I tell you what, trying to get people on this podcast is hard, because nobody's heard of it. Nobody knows what it is. Nobody knows who I am, and so they get a message request from me, and like, who's this motherfucker, whatever, and they just ignore most of the time. So um, that's why I say, if there's anybody that you want me to um, have on this podcast, if it's something that you can help facilitate an introduction so that i'm not just coming at them cold that would help a ton so i'm trying i'm trying it's just uh it's it's hard so uh what what is happening around here is we're starting some home renovations which includes renovations big renovations to my home office set up here so Um, if you've watched any of the video podcasts in the past, then you, have seen kind of where I'm at my desk and there's another desk in the background. Those have been consolidated now. So there's just one desk I'm sitting at it now. Um, and this has been traditionally my music production space. Well, now it's my work space as well. It's everything. I have a KVM switch over here, two computers, two monitors. Um, both computers use the dual monitor display. So I just push the button to switch back and forth between whichever computer I'm using at the time. So, um, most of the time it's the work computer. That's where I'm at right now. So, um, this space is wide open in the basement. It's going to be enclosed by walls pretty soon. Like I'm hoping like by this weekend, um, I'm hoping if I get my act together and finish my, uh, my design and my bill of materials right up here, I'm going to go and get, uh, materials for framing and drywall on Friday and start that this weekend. So we will see how it goes. Wish me luck. I'll keep you posted watch, uh, watch Instagram for updates. Um, I'll be posting those in the story and maybe, maybe on the main feed as well, just because there's going to be some pretty big stuff happening around here. Um, so that's been a big deal. Um, going to be a little bit of a construction zone, uh, in the short term here, but it's, it's going to pay, pay off really well. Um, cause this is also going to be like a dedicated video production studio as well as my workspace all in one, like with the camera permanently set up so that I can always just go on camera and do stuff and hopefully, um, have a, uh, uh, better podcast video setup up as well if uh, there are episodes for which that would be appropriate. So um, so that's been happening. Um, what else? Been doing some video work as well. Um, the YouTube channel is alive and kicking. Um, I've been putting up some content there pretty regularly. I have a few more videos that I have shot that I just need to edit and get up. Um, I have a music video that will be going up later this week. Um, the actual song was released on Friday, The War Inside You by Sketch Eclectic. You can certainly go and check that out. The full video for that, which I shot um, here at home on I think our total budget ended up being $120. Um, shot that, and what did we shoot? I think we ended up with 24 performance scenes, um, which is just a mountain of footage to have to edit, and then a whole bunch of B-roll. And then I've been working on that edit edit, and trying to make it feel kind of cohesive and tell a story. I am, uh, as of right now, very happy with it. It just needs a little fine tuning. I have to sit down at the computer with the wife and just watch it, you know, clip by clip and see how we feel about it and go through and make our minute changes. So that's just a couple hours. We have to sit down at the computer and just kind of grind that out. And at that point we'll be done. So that'll be hopefully this week. Um, it is her first week back at school. So her schedule is a little wonky. So, um, Beyond that, training my my training is going really well. Diet's going really well. Um, making some progress. Feeling good about that. Um, I won't bore you with the details there. I am posting some details on Instagram as far as training, as far as macros are concerned. Today is a, uh, a refeed day. Um, my quad day, which is today, is now um, weekly my refeed day as well. Um, and the refeed is at 780 grams of carbs, which is a lot. It's a lot of food. I am where's my phone here? I just had meal three, which is why I'm kind of breathing heavy right now. Um, it's like, it's a lot. (laughs) I eat all that. I'm like, okay, I got, I need a break. I need a break from eating. Um, so meal one is 1016 calories. Meal two was 1470 calories. Meal three was a meager 834 calories. So carb totals for those meals. Um, two was actually my pre-workout meal, and then I did an immediate carb boost afterwards. I just logged that in as meal two as well. So um, meal one um, was 148 grams of carbs. Meal two was really 136 pre, and then another 100 immediately post Meal three is 119. Meal four is scheduled to be 165. Holy crap, that's a lot. And then uh, meal five will be 117. So, whew, man, that's a lot. It's a lot. Total macros for the day today 305, 785, 105. It's a lot of food, boys and girls. That's 5,100 calories. So, to people who say they eat 5,000 calories a day, every day, I'm like, most of the times when I hear that, I don't believe you. <laughs> so it is a mountain of food. Like I can do this once a week. And that's about it. It's just so much food. And if, unless you're trying to eat 5,000 calories, you are not. Um, that When I get things like that pretty regularly from people, um, you know, people reaching out for a coach, prospective clients, and I ask them about their diet. They're like, oh, I eat 5,000 calories a day. And immediately I'm like, yeah, I, I really doubt it. Maybe you do, but uh, I'm going under the assumption that you don't. Uh, I have seen it so many times where people overestimate their intake. They say, oh, I eat 3,000 calories. And I throw them a meal plan that has like 2,300 just knowing based on what they've told me. I'm like, you aren't eating 3,000 calories. And they're struggling with 2,300. Like it feels like a lot. So I'm like, you definitely weren't at 3,000 before. So people just, you know, unless you really accurately track your macros, which most people before they hire a coach are not. Some do. For sure, most do not. They have an estimate on where they think they should be or where they think they were in the past, but that with unless you track regularly and you're doing your your intake is gonna it's gonna fluctuate away from that for sure. So, um, that's uh, one of the lessons I've learned. Um, So let's talk a little bit about um, what happened this weekend. All right. I made an edit there because I had to sneeze. So there is that one edit. One edit has been made. Uh, I went to the Knox Classic this weekend. I had a couple of clients who were competing in the show. Um, it, it was really kind of a cool uh, a cool situation. So it, it was my two clients, Kurt and Randy, and uh, they're a father-son combination. Um, Kurt lives in the Nashville area. Randy lives in Washington State. Randy's his dad. Um, and they wanted to do a show together. I prepped them for a show back in 2016, back when they both lived in Washington State. Had a good experience with that. And then come back late, seven years later, and they're like, hey, we want to do another show. We're going to do it again. Um, they had originally, um, we were going to do the, uh, gonna be at the bow of the river in chattanooga um so again fairly local to kurt randy was gonna fly out just to do the show with him we ended up moving it to the knox classic and so um, i was able to go and check that out and meet them on saturday which was cool so um you know randy competed in uh, men's physique masters 40 plus stacked class nine people he took fifth really happy with that really happy with that he had a very challenging prep he got married and had his honeymoon during his prep something that for the record i do not recommend (laughs) uh and so that definitely threw a little bit of a wrench in plans uh but he did well um you know once that was done and gone like he he kicked ass and took names which was really good to see um randy just did a a great job and just kind of was grinding his way through the whole prep um without any real issues and uh he competed in master men's physique master 60 plus only two guys in there. He took first, um, which uh, I I knew immediately. Like the other guy, it's not like he didn't show up, but Randy certainly clearly had him beat in terms of conditioning and just you know more symmetrical physique overall. So um, really happy with that. Great to meet them. They had a good time. Um, so uh, that that was that was fun. Um, a few random thoughts. So um, first of all, longtime listeners of the Drop Set uh, know that. Uh, I don't really like going to shows. Like I like going and supporting clients and meeting them because I don't really get to meet my clients. But just the general act of going to a show, it is not one of the things that I love about bodybuilding. I don't love show day. That's for myself. If I'm doing a show, that's for a show that I'm attending as a spectator, whether I have a client in there or not. Like I'm there to support my client. I don't really like being at the show. Um, And that's just... Has more to do with crowds and how to do with just the massive inefficiency and just illogical nature of how a show is typically run. I just, I, I, I don't like it. Um, and if, if they put me in charge, I would run it all very differently. And I would kind of gear it towards the experience of both the audience and the competitor. Just having a show with a pre judging and finals format where the show is all fucking day for everybody is just horrible. It's a horrible experience for the audience because you don't see the whole show. Like you show up for pre-judging and you're like, okay, cool, that happened. What's the result? I don't know, cool. Do we come back for finals? God, really? We're gonna make this whole day into a bodybuilding show? I mean, if you know people in it, sure, that's one thing. If you don't, like you're totally killing off the, the likelihood that anybody that doesn't have a vested interest in that show is gonna wanna just casually show up. I mean, they might just because they don't know what's involved and then they're going to leave and be like, what, what happened? Like, what, why didn't anybody win anything if they show up for prejudging? It's like, it's really just, if you think about it, like we, we are so involved in the sport. We can't, we, we don't often take the time to step back and say, wow, this is incredibly dumb the way they do this. Like what the fuck? Why does it happen like this? Okay. Okay. So we're going to do this pre-judging thing, right? We call it pre-judging, even though it's actually when the judging happens, pre-judging would really be like the meeting, wouldn't it? If you're going to be literal about the names of things. So this prejudging thing, everybody's going to come out and at the Knox classic, everybody came out and they did a quick individual presentation, not a full routine, but like a 15 to 20 second individual presentation, which I feel is unnecessary and just drags the show out that much longer. Um, And then they do the class lineup. They go through the mandatory poses. They might move some people around, have them go through the mandatory poses again, move some people around, and then everybody is shuffled off the stage and uh, the next class comes on like, what happened? What on earth actually happened? Um, and in larger shows, um, this was not really a super predominant in the Knox Classic, just because a lot of the categories were a little smaller. A lot of classes were a little smaller. Um, but if you have, like, you know, several call outs, you know, your first call, call out in a class, like, let's say you have, you know, Bikini Open A, okay? It's got 13 competitors in it. You might see a first call out with three competitors, a second call out with five and a third call out with five, or it might be five, five and three, or it might be seven and six or it might be six and seven, whatever it's judges discretion on how they're going to do that stuff. So your first call out is going to be your highest placing people. So you already know right then, um, like if they do, you know, five, five and three, if you aren't in that first call out, you know, you didn't place, right? Unless somebody gets disqualified between prejudging and finals, um, because the the top five are the ones who place. And then as they shuffle people around, um, they'll move people. And typically, if you end up in the middle of the stage, that means the judges like you for the win. So everything about the results are completely and totally telegraphed. It's like a movie where they, you know, they kind of tell you like a movie that you rewatch, like a good Christopher Nolan movie. If you watch it the second time, it's very easy to see like what, how how it's going to end now that, you know, it's like that, except on a dumber level. Like you don't have to really be smart and paying attention to know who's going to win. It's like, what's the point? Like, why can't we just announce the winners right here? Why do we have to let these people off the stage? take a nine hour break and come back and do it all again later in the day. Other than just to make it a miserable experience for everybody. So anyway, I've ranted about this before. That is what I hate about show day. It's just so dumb. And I think anybody who is into bodybuilding who can step back and think about it rationally would agree. Like, are there reasons why some people might like that? I suppose, but it makes for a worse experience for everybody. It really does. And just the audience, like you show up for prejudging, which is when I wouldn't want, you know, if, if I'm going to have some people at a show supporting me, they might ask fairly, um, do you want me showing up at prejudging or finals? Because I can't do both because I got shit to do. This isn't the only thing in my day. It's the only thing in your day. I got other stuff to do. Um, I would say prejudging, like that's when that's when I need the cheers, right? That's when it's going to help the most because um, it's going to be a, it's going to be quiet during pre- prejudging relative to finals. Um, <clears throat> but the thing is, like, okay, great, they show up, to support me, they don't get to see the results of anything that's a that's a shitty audience experience and i think we need to speak up and let our feelings known about that um like there are there are solutions a straight through running format show way better the show that i did in 2021 the lee haney games did that where the guys went at nine or ten i can't remember and they did pre-judging quick 20 minute intermission guys came back for finals cool guys get out of the building women start at two like that's good. And the only thing I would do about that is make it so that it's not always the guys going first, but flip a coin who goes first, men or women, you know, um, I would say flip a coin just to determine the order of, of categories in general. But you really like, you you want one gender back there just to keep the backstage space a little bit more, um, you know, clutter free from people that aren't, aren't going to be needed anytime soon. So, um, I get that anyway. Um, other thoughts from the show. Uh, some of the categories are really, really underrepresented. Um, and to the point where it's like, wow, this is a problem. This is a problem. And in talking with the promoter, um, what he says is it's, it's like this almost everywhere. Um, and I've, I've seen that in a lot of shows. I would take some issue with that. Um, I did get a chance to talk with, uh, with the promoter, Bino, a couple of times while I was at the show. Um, I know him from the gym. So... Um, it, uh, he he said it's, it's kind of a broad reaching industry-wide problem, just classes are smaller, which is weird because I feel like there's never been more people competing now, or there's never been more people competing than there are now. I think there's just too many damn shows. Realistically, there's too many options. And so, you know, competitors have, you know, 30 shows to choose from instead of 10. So each one is necessarily going to be a little bit smaller. Um, so I think there's, Probably, you know, some shows are going to fall by the wayside just because the economics of their situation can't work. Um, If you don't have three hundred competitors in a show, I think Bino said we had like one hundred and eighty the Knox Classic, which I don't know his his um, economics for his show and how to pull it off, but I have a feeling that's probably flirting with the uh, the bottom end of what's uh, what's viable. So. some of these shows in Texas still have five or 600 people competing in them. So, um, amateur shows. So it, it, and not national level shows either. Just, they're just crazy big shows in Texas, but that begins to be another problem because they're too long and you have prejudging lasting until finals is ready to start and making finals start late because prejudging is taking too long. So it's another problem. Um, so I got there before, um, I'm sorry. I got there a little bit late. So I missed, um, in order of events. Um, I made some notes on my phone here. Let me pull it up. Um, what is all this nonsense? Oh, People, Facebook messages. Why? Why is? Why does Facebook need two apps? Like they have the Facebook app. Do they really need a separate app for Messenger? Like why can't that be the same thing? Like I am. I I dislike the Facebook Messenger app specifically because they make me install a second app just for that stupid thing. I don't like it. I also don't think it's a terribly effective messaging tool. um, But that's another. an, an issue for another day. Um, so in the notes that I had here, where is it? Yeah, so um, I did not get there in time for fitness, but from what I hear, there were no fitness competitors in the show. That was the first category. Um, women's bodybuilding was next. There were zero female bodybuilders in the whole show. Now, to be clear, those categories both have a pretty high barrier for entry. Like fitness is the category that requires you to perform a gymnastics routine. Okay, they're they're just aren't a lot of women out there that are going to be able to pull off a bodybuilder's type aesthetic and perform a competent gymnastics routine featuring strength moves and acrobatics etc. like that's hard. So and that's always been the case um going back for 15 years um which is around well 17 18 years when I started going to shows like I don't think I've ever been to a show, uh, an NPC, non national level show that had more than one fitness competitor in it. Like zero is common. One is common. Two is very uncommon (laughs) and more than two is almost unheard of. Um, women's bodybuilding. Like if you're going to do that and be competitive in a class that has multiple people, like you gotta have some size. Like you've got to be pretty effing big to pull that off. And that's a huge barrier for entry. Um, that's hard. And NPC shows that means there's going to be some pretty significant drug use in that category. And a lot of women, they just, you know, you're not going to find a lot of women that are willing to do that. And so it's not uncommon for that to be underrepresented and have zero in it. Um, Usually you'll have one or two, I think commonly, but um, as I browse through show galleries online, it's not uncommon for uh, there to be zero or just one Um, women's physique um, suffers from kind of the same problem. You know, you've got to have some pretty good size, right? Um, You've got to be able to, you know, pull off size, symmetry, conditioning, and maintain a a pretty feminine look as well. Um, And, Again, it's a hard thing to do. Um, especially like, you know, a show like this, there was one physique competitor in the whole show. Like they had masters, novice, true novice open one competitor amongst all of those classes. That was it. I think also she just did, they rattled it off. I think she was just doing open and maybe masters. That's it. So, um, competing against herself and that was it (laughs) kind of sad really. Um, but, uh, the really impressive thing about that is um, she had one leg and um, walked out on stage with crushes. She was like, "Fuck a prosthetic leg i don't need that shit <laughs> it was it was It was a total badass move, and she had a helper standing behind her on stage as she stood on there on stood up there on one leg and kind of helped her through the the turns for the poses and whatnot, and helped support her for uh, some of them as well um, and I got to tell you like. She had one leg. She was up there by herself. If you put her on a national level stage in an open category with 10 other women, like she'd be in the top half of that class guaranteed. Like she looked really freaking good. And I'm just thinking like, man, I hear a lot of excuses from people and I want to see more shit like that, to be honest with you. Like no excuses no fucks to give, just do it. Just, <laughs> I mean, just only having one, leg it just makes it harder to get around in the gym. Right. And certainly like, okay, all of your training, if you're if for leg day, like you've got to really figure out like, oh, all right, you know, how are we going to do X, Y, and Z? It's her. Right. she had it figured out. Cause the leg that she had was good. Like she had good size. She had really good conditioning on it. Like cardio is hard, right? I mean, like everything is so much harder and just like, she just did not give a fuck. <laughs> it was, it was really awesome. It was very cool. I wish she would have had some competition because whoever else would have been up there, she probably would have beat. Um, like she looked great. She looked great. Um, we get to figure now and now is where I start to expect the classes to be getting bigger. Um, but honestly figure is really up underrepresented at these shows as well. Um, you get a lot more in bikini, even wellness is really underrepresented too. So, so, um, it's just, it's, it's a bit of a problem, right? So figure open a had nobody open B had three class C had two class D had three. So you've got a total of eight figure competitors in the open category. Um, to which I would say you probably don't need four. Um, like I'd consolidate that down to two or I might just put them all in one, like figure open, Cool. And as soon as you have a year where you've got more than 10 or 12 competitors, then sort it out by high class. But as it is, when you've got classes that have two or three people in them, make it a bigger class. You know, I don't care that there's going to be a huge range of heights. Who cares? You know, at the pro level, you don't have height classes. You know, it's just figure pro figure. Cool. Short, short people, tall people, it doesn't matter. They're all, they're all on stage together. They all get judged together under the same guidelines. Um, we can do that here too. You know, larger classes, please, please. It'll make the show go faster. It gives people more competition. Um, and that is, um, that is a judgment call. Like if I was a promoter, um, and there may be restrictions on this from the NPC, but as a promoter who is bringing dollars into the NPC, I would want to make my voice heard and say, look, I don't know if you have rules against this, but next year I just want, figure open and that's it. There's going to be no ABCD. There's going to be no height categories. We're just going to do open figure. Um, because here's the thing you save money on, um, your hardware bill because you're not making trophies for all these classes that nobody's showing up to compete in. Um, you make everything a little bit more, uh, everything is a little bit more earned at this point. Like basically every figure competitor in the show earned a national qualification, right? Well, how, is that earned i don't think so so you're going to increase the level of competition at national level shows as well because now suddenly you've got um you've got eight you know the bottom half of your competitors aren't going to earn a national qualification as it should be as it should be right so you know at smaller classes you get into participation trophy syndrome uh, area and you don't want to be there you don't be, it speeds up the show um because it's like figure open cool here's eight we're going to do a couple of call outs awesome done moving on like, it, it's just, there's no reason not to do that. There's no reason not to do that. And that's how they should do it. Uh, wellness at the show, two competitors. And so they brought them both out on stage. It's like one in class A, one in class B. They were in novice. Um, one of them was in master's this. One of them was in master's that. They were both in open, but different classes. They just put them on stage together. And one of them was clearly way better than the other one. And so whenever they were in the same class, she took first and everything. The other one took second Um And that's, you know, as it should have been rather than being like, okay, let's do open a, here's your one person. Let's do open B. Here's your other person like consolidate. And just, you know, I'm just saying like, get rid of the classes. You don't need an A and a B. And so for me as a promoter, if I was doing this, um, I would tell the NPC, look, if you have rules against this, you need to change them because next year I'm not doing ABC and D I'm just doing figure open. I'm doing wellness open. Um, And when I have a year where suddenly I've got 16 or 17 people all in one class, well, the next year I might consider splitting it up. But for right now, no, I'm saving some time. I'm saving some money. I'm saving some hassle. I'm giving people a higher level of competition by consolidating everything. I think that's the smart move. So, um, the men's classes, um, bodybuilding, uh, bodybuilding, classic physique, physique, like everything was good. Like the representation among the men was great. Um, guys showed up. The classes were big. Um, there's still too many classes, like in this particular show, they had, you know, true novice, novice, open masters, 35 and over 40 and over 50 and over 60 and over. Um, they had a hero division, which I think is, uh, police, military, first responders, um, firefighters, I think, uh, something like that. Um, they had teen as well. And then they had, um, Mr. And Ms. Knox, um, categories as well which is just a geographical requirement you have to be in knox county or a surrounding county which is you know what could define as a surrounding county i don't know probably most of them like could kurt have competed in in uh mr knox because he's from davidson county i think in around nashville well it's a surrounding county i mean he drove here right maybe i don't know <laughs> so it, it's kind of vague i don't know exactly how that's uh, how it's worded. Anyway, it's just a lot of classes there's a lot of stuff to go through and it kind of drags on Um, Thankfully, prejudging didn't last too long, which was good. So um, met a few people, talked with a few people, which is interesting. Um, And I I got my fill of that. I'm not a very social guy, and that's why I really struggle. You know, I I make awkward conversation with people. Um, I I do a good job of making it weird. (laughs) And immediately I'm like, Oh yeah, I probably shouldn't have said that. Okay. I'm out of practice. I want want to just say that to people like, sorry, I'm not trying to make it weird. I just, you know, I don't talk to humans very much. So there's that. Um, most of my talking is done into a microphone here, um, in an empty room where it feels like I'm talking to nobody. So how y'all doing out there? You still here? Are you still here? I hope so. I hope so. All right. That's my recap from the show. Let's, let's go here. I have a voicemail. This is from, um, I think this is from Grace, you know, the, the former drop set MVP. So, um, re- reigning and still MVP. So I'm going to drop it in here and then I'm going to talk until it hits. And then here we go. Oh, well, hold on. I need to put my headphones on. Otherwise I'm not going to be able to hear this. Hold up. Okay. All right. And now we slide this up and let me see if I can do this live production trick here. Is this going to work?
1: Hey coach, it's Grace here. I am going to double dip today and ask you two questions. The first question is about creatine. You've made your stance on creatine pretty well known with Mm -hmm. the financial cost not necessarily being worth the potential benefit. My question is, do you recommend that plant-based athletes supplement with creatine since our diets are lacking all naturally occurring sources of it? That's a good point. If so, how much? how often, and are there any other supplements you want a plant-based athlete to consider supplementing with? My second question is a little bit more touchy-feely. I know that since I started this journey, I have learned a lot about myself through the lens of bodybuilding. So I'm wondering what are some of the things that you've learned about yourself over the course of your bodybuilding
0: career? Oh God.
1: And with that, I think I have effectively defended my MVP title. So thank you. And I look forward to tuning into the next episode.
0: You, you have grace. Thank you. You have successfully defended the the MVP title. I love, I need to give a I need to get a trophy or something like that. Um, yeah, grace hit me up. I I got a drop set t-shirt for you. Absolutely. Um, Okay, so where are we at here? Hold on. where Where is it? What's going on here? Hold on. What happened? What happened? Are, are we still recording? Uh, where is it? Sorry, technical issues. Hold on. There we go. Okay, I found it. Okay. Oh, I see. I see. All right. I'm gonna. This this needs to get moved. Hold on. This is about to create a problem here. All right. Um. So yeah. Uh. Creatine for plant based athletes. Yes, that is a great point. So uh, I'm not like strongly opposed to creatine. I just don't think it's worth it. I don't think it really does a whole lot. You know. I think there's better things to spend your money on, like you know more treats for your dog, etc. Uh, if money's no object, sure, go for it. Is it going to hurt you? No are you going to get much benefit from it? Probably not. If you are a plant-based athlete like Grace is, hence her concern here, different recommendation. I would recommend it in that case just because you're not getting those naturally occurring sources as well. So five grams once a day. And I would say, I would even say like just on training days is fine. Um, so, and I typically recommend that as either pre-workout or intra-workout um, because it has a short half-life. Somebody recently told me that they were directed to take it post-workout. Like, there's not much value in that. So, um, because it has a very short half-life realistically. So, uh, and he said, I get really good pumps from this. I'm like, that's a placebo effect, dude. So <laughs> it's like, you know, if you take it post-workout, uh, you know, it didn't Im- in impact that workout that you just finished and it's going to be out of your system by the time you come around to train the next day. So that will do nothing for you. Um, uh, at least as far as the pump is concerned, any other supplements for plant-based athletes? I mean, you know, I think a quality amino acid is, is a good idea, uh, like a branch chain amino acid blend is... It, I'm, I'm at the point now where I almost feel like for for most um, people, I'm kind of on the fence as far as like, should I continue recommending BCAAs? It's just, you know, I, I don't know how useful it is for, for most of us, there is conflicting research on this. I am personally conflicted on it as well. I still use it myself. Um, if you're plant-based though, I feel like there are additional benefits. So I think that's worth considering uh, beyond that. Nothing comes to mind. Um, I mean, if w- what I would say is, you know, get a metabolic panel done and, uh, for blood work and just see if there's anything that appears to be deficient. Um, you know, I mean, it's not going to be an electrolyte thing. You know, it's not like you're devoid of quality potassium sources or anything like that. I mean, th- you may have some issues, but they're going to be issues that could be irrelevant for anybody as far as like, oh, I'm vitamin D deficient. Well, sure. That could be anybody. You're not going to be more likely to be vitamin D deficient just because you are uh, plant-based. So, um, and then the, the touchy feely question was, um, I didn't make a note of it. Okay. So here's my second edit. I need to go back and re-listen to that and see what it was again. Like, what, uh, what, what was it? Like, what did I learn about myself from bodybuilding? Hold on with the edit number two coming up. Oh yeah. Okay. What are the, some of the things that I've learned about myself over the course of my time in bodybuilding? A lot of it has to do with my limitations. Um, like I have, and, and clearly like some of the things that I learn then become disproved later on. Um, like, uh, what would be a good example? Um, I learned at one point that I can diet effectively for about 12 weeks. And after that, I kind of fall apart. Well, um, now I think it's more like 14 weeks and then I start to struggle. Um, on the technical side of things, I learned more about the value of rest and recovery. Um, and I try to impart that to people as much as I can. Like, you know, every, I, th- I think pretty much every spell that I've had where my training takes a dip over, over a longer period of time where it's like, things are going really good. Things are going really good. And then I have a couple of months where it's just like, like, I don't want to go to the gym. Fuck this shit. Blah, blah, blah. Like I have those, those spells periodically. And pretty much every time that happens, it's because I wasn't taking enough rest days and I wasn't sticking to a regimented schedule where my rest days were really predictable. Um, I've consistently slacked on my nutrition in the off season. This time I am not. Lo and behold, I'm seeing more results this time around than I have in like the previous 5 years worth of growth just in the past like, you know, 5 months pretty much. So, um What else have I learned about myself? Man, that's a good question. That is a good question. Um Hmm about myself specifically, like I said, most of it has to do with my limitations because that's always what I'm thinking about. Can I do this? Can I do that? And oftentimes the answer is, well, to some extent, yes, but there's a limit. And then I I find what that limit is. I think the important thing is to not become a prisoner to the script that you write for yourself based on that. That's a lesson that I've learned where a lot of people will say, um, for example, using my earlier example, I can diet for about 12 weeks and then I start to fall apart. Well, a lot of people will just say like, okay, that's what I do. So, uh, I've been dieting. Oh, it's 12 weeks. Here I go. I'm now falling apart again, right on cue because you think it's going to happen. You expect it to, and you don't leave open the possibility that you could write a different chapter starting at week 12. Um, And so I think that's a big take home point is that what you have done or experienced in the past does not define what has to happen the next time around. Um, the power to change that script and come up with a new pattern and interrupt your old habits, routines, or expectations and replace it with something new. I mean, that, that's the big thing for me, um, So I guess what I've learned is that I have the ability to do that um, and that everybody does realistically. But also, I think the first thing you have to recognize is your tendency to fall victim to that kind of thinking and um, recognize that, you know, you are kind of creating a victim mentality for yourself. You're kind of putting yourself in that prison Um, and uh, you don't need to. You don't need to. What else have I learned? I don't know, probably not much. I like to think I don't, I don't, I don't learn too much these days. <laughs> not that I don't have much to learn, just that I'm not a good learner. Um, lots of technical things, right? Uh, I don't think that's what, what grace is getting at with her question, which is a good one. So I, it kind of stumped me a little bit. That's a tricky one. That That is definitely a tricky one, but, uh, lots of technical things like, you know, my execution on, on pretty much every lift has improved. Um, Ability to kind of listen to my body and not only just on rest days, but also like, man, that is not sitting well with my stomach. I probably shouldn't eat that or so much of that, that kind of stuff. Understanding what your body is supposed to feel like when it's kind of operating at at peak efficiency and then um, kind of keeping that in line as your baseline for expectations. Like always remember what that feels like and then be able to recall at any point in time, how far afield you are from that. Um, I think that's a useful thing as well. Again, this is, this is like a technical thing. Um, but I think there's, you know, there's a lot of intuition about that as well. So really good question. I'm gonna have to think about that. Cause I feel like there's probably some more if I sit down and give it some thought. Um, that's the danger of kind of flying by the seat of my pants on this is that's, that's a question that really kind of deserves a little bit more, a little bit more forethought. So, um, Yeah. There we go. That's all I got. Um, I actually have a call coming up here with my coach in six minutes. So I am going to Yep, my phone is reminding me of that actually. Um, so I'm going to call this right now. We're at the 40 minute mark. I always want to say if I can ramble on for 40 minutes, good. So, um, let's see a few things, a few things as we, as we close up shop here, um, go to YouTube and subscribe to my channel, please. I would, I'll love you forever. Um, go to the website, sign up for my mailing list. I will love you forever. Um, If you scroll all the way down to the bottom, there's an option there. Mailing list. Cool. That way, um, when I create a new video, they'll get um, posted out through there. As I have a new program available online, um, that will be announced through email as well. Trust me, I don't spam that mailing list. Um, Everything that goes out through that mailing list is something that I have to manually type up. I don't have time to do something more than once every couple of weeks. You're not going to get five things a day from me or anything. I, I just don't have the time for that. Oh, man. No, no. So if it's going out, it's because it's something that's important that I I want people to see. And so um, trust me not to abuse that. Um, I do have a program that I'm working on. I was talking before about an online course that I'm putting together about teaching coaches how to coach. Um, this one is going to be an actual training program. Um, but it's going to be like a course because it's going to be a program that consists of several mesocycles. It's going to be specifically for women. Um, and it's going to be specifically for like bikini slash wellness competitors or those who are chasing kind of that lower body dominant aesthetic. Um, and so it's going to feature a few different programs in it. And it's also going to feature a bunch of preliminary materials. Um, let me pull up my little board for it here real quick, and I can kind of give you a a preview as to, to what I'm, uh, how I'm putting this together currently. Um, so where is it? So there's a few sections here. Um, so the first one is getting your head right and getting started. So, mindset training, how you can be successful with this program, what kind of things you want to be tracking, etc. There's a section called before you get to the gym, this is where we're going to talk about why things are programmed the way they are in terms of volume recovery expectations, rest days, how to handle progressive overload, how I recommend you log workouts, what to do for equipment substitutions. If something isn't available, um, what kind of accessories should you have in your gym bag? What kind of a warm-up do you need to be doing? How are we going to auto-regulate your volume over time? Um, there's going to be a section on being your own nutritionist, because with a course like this, it's not one-on-one, um, but the idea is, you know, nutrition matters, and I want you to be able to be, um, make some reasonable decisions and have good foundational knowledge of nutrition so that you understand what to do for this. Um, and then we have the three phases involved. So, um, there's phase one, two, and three. These are three different programs that are designed to run from between four to nine weeks each each. And the, um, uh, the rubric for how to kind of progress through those is kind of built into it as well. So, um, that program is, uh, is in the works and I have some things to do for it. So I need to shoot the videos for it. I've already scripted a bunch of those videos. Actually, um, what I, uh, am going to do is like my biggest project that I have in the works right now is reshoot exercise demonstration videos for every exercise in that program using local talent here. So it's not going to be me on camera. I will be shooting it, but I will be recording other people, um, in a gym setting so that it, and ideally like, you know, okay, cool. Let's talk about a squat. Here's person a doing a squat. Here's person B doing a squat. They're built differently. You know, here's how things might change. So, um, the videos are going to be, you know, professionally shot, professionally edited by yours truly. Um, still with the same kind of voiceover narration that i do for all my workout videos that are online right now um and these will, those videos will be available just publicly as well. It's just, um, the program will contain the context, um, for how they're built into a workout. And then also all of the other stuff around there as well. So if if that's something like that, that kind of a program is interesting to you, um, sign up for the mailing list and you'll get notifications on, um, when it's available and just watch online. I haven't announced it officially on social media, but it's coming. I have a logo. I have a name for it. It is called the bikini blueprint. So, um, that is what I've got coming down the pipe. So that's it. That has been episode 228. So thank you. I appreciate it. Um, y'all stay tuned. I've got an interview coming up recording on Thursday. Today is Tuesday. I don't know when this is going to get posted, but hopefully today. Um, so interviewing in a couple days, trying to schedule some more. Again, if you have ideas for who I can talk to, please let me know.